good evening, and possibly even good afternoon. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, and whenever you were listening to this, I thank you and I welcome you in to another edition of the Shallow Oceans Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Tyshirt, a lover of love, a simple human man enjoying this thing we call an experience, and slowly elevating himself to not only be the epitome of what a host should be, but somebody who wants to have you waiting on bated breath for every single update for whenever and however I can drop a show for you to enjoy. <laughs> so welcome in today, and I'd like to take tonight to have some fun talking about things that excite me whenever I start to think about them in a plethora of different ways. And I want to call this the first of hopefully many, depending on what comes across my path and any of these things that I truly find interesting and engaging with conversational standpoints. I want to spend some time tonight talking about theories and some beautiful ones and also very deep ones and how they challenge the formatics of our reality. So if you're not in tuned with what theories are, it's basically the forming blocks of any scientific study, right? So when you are testing a hypothesis, you basically have a set premise of an idea that you want to test meticulously and over a plethora amount of test conductions to see if the variable that you are trying to prove is not only aligned with your thesis, but somehow close to the concept of what you thought it would be over rigorous testing, etc., to finally come to a conclusion that hopefully... Is somewhat close to what you thought it would be, if not entirely new, but at least you were testing some kind of an idea or a theory, right? So for myself, that's how I view these different things in life. And so there are so many in this world that it's so fun to think about them and to test basically the formatics of reality, ourselves, and the world we live in. And that's what's so beautiful about it is that nobody knows for certain, but I know for certain that nobody knows, if that makes sense. It's like my favorite thing to tell people when I talk to them. I know nothing, but in doing so and in knowing nothing, I can learn everything because I'm open to everything. There's no such thing as a cap here. We are never limited. We are always able to fruitfully grow and test our abilities. And that's why like philosophy, an older episode I've done, it's the same concept, and that's what I love about theories, is somebody is going outside of their realm of normality, they're reaching their hand into the atmosphere and stretching far out beside even the sense of what human mortality is and trying to reach heaven itself to grasp concepts that are not even in the human psyche of conversation and trying to bring them back to test reality and also our minds of perception because I'm not sure about all of you, but for myself, the thing I chase the most is things that make me feel alive. I want to know that I'm a part of this moment, and that's why I'm so blessed that I found the muse I needed to finally endeavor into this show again, and I'm forever grateful. And to show that thanks, not only do I reciprocate that with every single word I say to you, but I feel like you can literally feel the vibrations of my soul. And that's why I want to talk about a few of these theories and see if maybe... We can not only grow our minds together, but maybe I can even endeavor more into my own ideologies of these and see where it leads us, right? So the first one, and one of the most interesting theories that I've ever come across, it's called the egg theory. Now, the egg theory itself is one of the most interesting ones you can grasp your mind around. And so the base concept of the egg theory is 
<laughs> it's crazy to say this, but it's helping you become God, literally God. And what the theory is, is that you are going to live so many lives within this reality. And every time you live a life, it's teaching you a new lesson. It's teaching you to let go of something. It's helping you to understand something, maybe reliving a certain life because there was something more that you had to do, something you had to endeavor into, or something you still were not able to let go of, or for example, uh, evolve from, for a simplistic standpoint, right? But the base thesis of the egg theory is that you are going to constantly live a plethora of different lives and you're going to go through hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of different lives until you truly have developed into the entity of all-knowing omnipotence and you truly then thus become God itself back to the start where it all started from. How insane is that? It's crazy to think that there's an actual concept out there that you are going to constantly relive so many of these lives. All of our memories are saved above in the cloud. And that's so interesting because then if that's the concept itself, right? And let's have fun with these. Let's try to play that these are true or there's some kind of concept within them that are real, uh, realistic, right? So think about that. It's funny how one of the religions that has I've been so enamored with lately is Buddhism. And how in Buddhism, Hinduism, they talk a lot about how the living world that we're in is pain and suffering. And everything around us is filled with death and all this stuff. And the whole goal and objective is not only to escape thyself and body and sins, etc., but to basically get to a neutrality where you are no longer captive of this plane. You become all controlling, in a sense, conscious and sentient because you are no longer subservient to any of these things that people suffer from. You are no longer playing a part of it. That's why so many of them become monks and they go into the mountains and they remove themselves from the temptation of flesh with women, even though they're around a bunch of guys. Could be interesting at times, but I love the concept itself of trying to elevate them to a place of peace, of pure serenity, where they are truly free of everything. And that's a hard thing to grasp in this life, where even I myself get so flustered at certain objects or moments of time, I even have a hard time holding it together myself when there's things that I know the answer to it, but I'm so excited just because I want to see how it plays out, what comes next from it. So that's kind of an interesting concept that even in that type of religious belief, it's still somewhat conjoined and connected because they also do believe in rebirth and coming back and reincarnation. And so if that's a true concept, how incredible is it to think that there could be people around us who are on their 10,000th life. There are people who are on their 200,000th life, maybe a million and one, maybe it's their first time or quite possibly they just keep coming back because they can't figure out that one lesson. I mean, in this concept of that too, if your true goal and purpose within this life is to eventually obtain anointedness and you look at everything in your life as a challenge and as some kind of an obstacle that is either going to test you, to further you, or to see if you have what it takes to transpire whatever, whatever action, I guess, is in front of you or whatever situation you truly can't come to some kind of a conclusion about yet, right? That's fascinating to me. And that just, it's such a crazy concept because how does that elevation work? How far up can you go? If you're not able to retain any of your memories every time you end one life and come back as another, do you keep the skill set? 
are you still all-knowing? So that means every time you go into another level, do you still have your stats per se, like a video game? Do you still have that deductive reasoning or do you completely start over? Like, do you not have any of the abilities that you've gained with having discernment, having reason, having the ability to be more stable, calm, cool, collected, or are you just, again, a constant recycling of your environment and whatever your family upbringing is, the societal measures that you're born within? How does that work? And that's so fascinating to think about because then in theory, all of life is just testing you to see if you can truly overcome what is presented. So if you're presented with something that challenges your ability to be patient, then you have to overcome it. If you constantly have things that are making you short-tempered, you've got to have emotional control. If you're constantly falling for all of these women or men throughout everything in your lustfulness, how can you retain yourself? Can you withhold your seed? Which I may say is not too hard if you really know how to handle it and conduct yourself appropriately. Go work out. You can get a lot of stress out. <laughs> but that's such a fun concept to me. And it's one of the ones that really interests me because I like to question everything. I never speak in absolutes because I feel in doing so, I'm leaving myself open for failure because I always want to constantly learn. And so the egg theory, you're in an egg, you're in the shell, and you're constantly evolving and learning until you finally have learned every possible notion of life and you can then thus go back to being God. That's crazy to think about. And at the same time, probably why unconditional love is so important to that learning and that lesson. I myself, do I think that's entirely true? I don't think that's an accurate statement of a theory. I do think that there can be some truth within it, but I don't think it's the entire purpose of life because I don't think that every single person around us is constantly trying to become a god because then in doing so, the next part of that theory as well, which is quite interesting, is that once you have won the game, in a sense, you've obtained anointedness and you have finally learned everything you possibly could from the human experience, you then become a god of your own dimension is what they say. And in that realm, you go on to create any type of world, any type of thing, whatever it may be, and maybe the cycle then restarts again. Fascinating to think about. Because I have thought about this, though, and the thing of the concept of multiple dimensions. We are in the third dimension right now. And if you're not sure about dimensional planes, the first dimension is just a flat surface, right? And you're not able to do anything outside of it. It's just flat. Now, two-dimensional is flat and sideways, right? Like it's almost like a, a kind of a thicker object in front of you, 2D, if you've ever seen that, right? It kind of has its own little feel to it in depth. 3D is the concept we're in now. We can see around us, above us, below us, and within a box and shape of objects. Now, 4D, 4D is a crazy concept itself because now that's putting squares on top of squares within squares around squares, meaning in fourth dimension, you can literally see through everything in this room. Think of it as like The Sims. If you've ever played The Sims from above ground, seeing within everything and all that's around, but add that to a like times eight degree with everything above it, below it, around. You literally see through everything. That's an unbelievable concept for your mind to wrap around. And that's not even the end because it can go all the way up to like 12, 13, 14th dimension. Who knows how far up it goes? That's what's one of the most interesting concepts to myself is that the human psyche, the human light spectrum of our minds, what our eyes can actually retain is so minute to not even what animals can see, cats, dogs. We are so capped. It's actually disgusting. Our chromosomes have been capped. Our DNA strands have been capped. 
it's unbelievable how much we've been capped. And that's why I don't really know personally if the whole egg theory is like one of the more real ones that I would believe in. But I love the concept of self of teaching you about constant learning and lessons. There could be something there with deja vu. I'm not sure if you've ever heard about deja vu or have experienced it yourself. But there's a little thing to remember. Anytime you go through deja vu, the trick is you don't register to yourself that it's happening. You live it. So you're supposed to just basically grab it when it happens and ride it as far and as long as you can to see where it takes you. It's almost like becoming sentient in a dream. When you're in a dream, mid-dream, in a deep, really lucrative dream, if you can remember or tell yourself or be aware within it, that's almost like in a higher concept of astral projecting, and that's where the dream gets interesting. So the same concept also with deja vu. And also, does that tie into the fact that am I reliving a life? Has this already all happened? What is that that's going on? And that ties into another theory then. Because this next theory, which is quite literally captivating, is the near-death experience theory. This one blows my mind. So the concept of this one is that you currently right now, listening to me, are currently dying. And as you're dying, the brain chemical effect that is released inside of you, which they can call basically DMT, if you've never looked into it, it's like the highest form of psychedelic. They've done clinical trials of it. It's captivating when I watch a documentary on it. And it's actually riveting. Just wait till I do a freaking podcast on hallucinogenics. Like that is an entire different spectrum of a world. And I see why it's illegal. Because it's insane what it actually does and how it helps you. But this theory about the near-death thesis and theory is basically you're on your deathbed. You're currently dying. And so as this DMT is about to release within your body, and they say that's the chemical that helps your soul leave the body and transpire back into wherever you come from, which is captivating. It also does something where you live back through your entire life. Because as you're about to pass, your brain wants to find a moment of time that was truly blissful for you. And in doing so, it goes through the entire experience and then picks one that stands out the most to you. Meaning, you could at this moment be reliving every single moment of your life because you're actually currently dying. And so you're living through all of it to find that best part that you captivate the most with right before you pass. And that's crazy if you really grasp that concept. Because sure, whenever we're about to pass or ascend to the next, once we get to that spot, we're gonna think to ourselves, well, of course we live through everything. I just went through all of it before I got here. But if you really grasp the concept that time doesn't exist, that means that you is the you right now as the you that was born, meaning every impactful moment within it is all happening at one moment. We just can't dissociate and put ourselves in different positions because we aren't attuned enough and we've been capped. Meaning we have been so socially constricted and conformed within our minds. It's so hard for us to, number one, grasp something that's real. Two, act on something that could truly change our life. Or three, escape from the construct of societal measures and the integration of the brain formatic prison we're shoved within. And totally respectrumize our entire concept of life. Quote unquote, obtaining Christhood. That's what ascension is. That's why you're able to level up and anoint yourself and to truly remove yourself from all of these physical interactions and things that just, they hurt you. Don't get me wrong. 
there is still things you must feel and that you're connected to, but it's also freeing to know that you're the experience living it. So enjoy it, ride it, see where it takes you. And that's what's so fascinating is, what if that truly is? What if that's why we experience deja vu? Because we're reliving the same moment we went through and for some reason our brain is reactivated and acclimated at that moment to constructualize the exact formatics and position where we're at. We're like, whoa, I've done this before. And sometimes this might trip you out. I've been through a deja vu that I've deja vu'd before. Explain that one. I'm talking about leveled deja vu. Where it happened recently at the gym where I was doing a chest press and I got up, threw the dumbbells down, and as I sat up, a girl walked by that I've seen before walking by in that exact moment, and no, it didn't happen any time before this, and as I stood up and looked around, the position where people were at, everything, myself, ev I'm telling you, I had a deja vu about a deja vu, and that tripped me, at, it's an inception level, and that was so insane for my brain to conceptualize, I literally had to like breathe for a second. My whole body was like, okay, pause. How many times have I done this? Am I just experiencing it once? Is this foreshadowing? Is this foresight? Did I know this was coming? Did I dream about? There's so many things your brain tries to go through so fast and rapidly because instinctually you're trying to find some concept of understanding and logistics behind it because one of the most frightening things is not knowing. That's why falling in love scares the shit out of me because I don't know what's going to happen. But it's beautiful, right? So what if that's a concept? What if the egg theory has kind of beneficial truths to it in creating your own dimension event, which is just wild because who knows how many dimensions are out there. But what about the fact about near-death theory? That's so wild to me. And it's fascinating because, again, all of these theories get me so Jones because it just makes me want to hear more and learn more, experience more, see more of the world, and ex just have my mind be riveted by it. It's absolutely intoxicating and nutty to the most extreme power I could possibly explain it to you. So one theory so far is the egg theory. The theory that you're going to constantly be reborn until you finally have obtained the purpose of understanding every concept of experience so you can truly become God of your own concept of reality, a different dimension, to thus create your own world, to maybe keep on going it forever and forever and ever. Crazy. Near-death experience theory. Where you right now are currently on your deathbed, about to pass, but you are reliving every single moment of your life because it was so vibrant, so beautiful, so challenging, so rewarding, so learning, whatever you want to talk about, and you're looking for the best moment once you get through all of it again to send yourself off with. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Now, another theory I want to throw at you, I don't really hear too many people talking about this one, but this might be my own, the ant farm theory. Now, this one is kind of dark, so I don't mean to throw you for a loop here. This might seem a little bit kind of far off, but at the same time, I think this is the ever expansion of shallow oceans is constantly challenging my own mind and see where it takes me. So now, the concept I've had before is the ant farm theory. And if you've ever been fortunate enough when you were a kid to have your own ant farm or to see it before, type it in uh, YouTube, whatever it is, the ant farm theory is basically what an ant farm is, is that it's a clear glass container, front, back, sides, whatever you want to call it. And you fill it up with a lot of sand, put a queen ant in there, a bunch of ants, and they start their own hive. 
They live and conduct their own ecosystem, their own society. You basically watch these ants create their own life and you just observe it, watch it. You're able to change it any way you want. You can put it in a giant freaking tube and add things to it, plants, water life, food. What it, it's You can get so deep with it, it's insane how crazy it is. I've seen people with massive tarantula sets, lizard sets, whatever. Just think of it as you're creating your own thing to basically your, your own play world. It's like The Sims again, and you can do with it whatever you want, and you just observe and try to see what happens. What if that concept is the same one for us today? Hear me out on this. What if we are living within a container now, not something that's more so like an ant farm, that's just glass with things within it, but what if the realm we're living in right now was completely changed and altered from what it used to be? Because I do want you to spend some time and look into the whole thing about Pompeii and the volcano that erupted and how it turned literally everybody into stone and then look into these massive mountains that people are kind of suspicious and saying it looks like people, it looks like animals, it looks like petrified world trees. There's so much there, right? So what if this concept is something demoed out this area, created a massive ice container that goes into a giant circle around the area we live, a firmament placed above it to protect it from the waters above and waters below because every, every sense of a water needs to have a level. It needs a container to hold its level. That's why we have sea level, right? It's a trip. Just follow me, right? So if that's the concept, and they've created this world, given us this fake ideology of a globe, and you've, you go in circles around, whatever it is, right? Say they created this entire realm to observe and to see what happens with the human species when they change the scenario around it. So just like the ant farm, once it's set up, you've given its base premise with the sand, the rocks, the leaves, whatever, and it creates this entire ecosystem. What happens when you drop some fire ants in there and it's a black ant colony? What happens if you drop some insects? What happens if you add rainwater? What happens if you make it cold or hot? The concept of it basically is observing the human element and seeing what happens within the species when you alter the things that happen to it through weather, through, I mean, seismic <laughs> changes when it comes to tornadoes, volcanoes, earthquakes, etc. That's just from the weather elements, Mother Nature, to then the base premise of societal measures. So what if you create events? What if you make false flag attacks or implement people within their government systems to make them do things to see how society reacts to it? What if you give them technology to see how they will use it and where does technology come from? The concept is so massive. It would take an entire show to basically say, what if we're living within a confined space and the rulers, the developers, the creators are observing to see who can figure it out what they do with it, and if a select few can beat it as well. How crazy of a concept is that? Now, I know you're probably sitting there and saying, well, Alex, come on, that's crazy. We've, we've been around the world. Christopher Columbus discovered America. He did not. It was already here, 
people were living here. Indigenous people were not just Indians and teepees. I'm pretty sure African Americans were from here. I'm pretty sure the ancient civilization of Tartaria was actually where Russia is. If you look into like the prehistoric things that are actually buried beneath us and that are under this mud layer, that's another theory, the freaking mud floods. I don't have enough time for all these theories. My mind is gonna go insane but I love it because it challenges the perspective of reality. And so I know I like to stay in the shallows, but tonight we're getting kind of deep with fun concepts because there are so many interesting theories and concepts in life and we have to talk about them because who knows what else is out there? And that's what gets me jazzed up, is to know more about what is. So if this theory of the ant farm theory is true, is it dark or is it light? Now, the dark side could be they're just using humans as a testing ground to do whatever they want, to see how we react, adding in the concept of God, devil, Satan. You have to have an enemy with a protagonist, world events, countries, enemies. You have to have some kind of confrontation or if everybody gets together, it could fall out like, what is it? The Tower of Babel. Have you heard about what happened with the Tower of Babylon? Well, it's said, back with the Tower of Babylon, all of human species were one. And we lived for thousands of years and we all spoke the same language. And in doing so, we built a tower so massive, so big, so strong to the heavens itself. Our mission as people was to not only challenge God at the time, but to escape the place we were imprisoned and farm to finally obtain freedom and anointedness, right? Well, it's said that God was upset, smited the tower and punished humans by saying, number one, you will not live as long. You will not be able to speak the same language anymore. I will separate you by culture, creed, all of these things, new religions, etc. And you will not be able to speak the same tongue or live over a hundred and something years old. Crazy effing concept. And it thus plays into the ant farm theory. So what if it's all a test to see who can truly obtain freedom? And I know a lot of people don't care about that because you have to remember as a society and a species, we've been dumbed down immensely. We have been so watered down as intellectualisms and actually a species of consciousness. Not only is our pineal glands calcified, and if you're brushing your teeth with fluoride right now, I actually recommend you stop it. What if as a concept of human beings, it's all about finding the ones who can break free from the programming, thus the Matrix, if you've ever seen the movie, and not being like Neo, who was programmed to be the one, but Agent Smith himself, who broke through his own programming to finally want his own freedom. Crazy concept. It kept me up some nights. Not in a bad way, but thinking. Now, the darker concept to that is what if they've created this as an energy harvester and an energy farm? That's a crazy one, too. What if this confined space was made to harvest the energy of human souls? And in doing so, after you die, they suck you to the quote-unquote light of heaven's gate. And when you ascend to it, what it actually does is sucks you into this hyper-advanced technological base, which could be the moon, who knows what it is, sucks the energy out of your soul and then shoots you back in, totally wiped and refreshed, into another human vessel. That's why they tell people to constantly have kids. That's why they say your consciousness doesn't come until you're like five years old and you're just like awake in Miss Johnson's class and you're like in the middle of playtime, you're just like, ooh, why are we playing? What am I eating? What is life? And Miss Johnson's like, okay, nap time. Like <laughs> one just spawned in. It's crazy. And maybe that's the reason why we have all of this negativity, fear, because fear probably produces a lot of energy too, but in a darker sense. 
Whereas love and coming together unconditionally creates a lighter sense of energy. Who knows? It's a wild concept and I absolutely love it because again, it tests the formatics of reality. Now, one counterpart of that, which is kind of an interesting concept as well in a theory that's close to the ant farm theory, is the Truman Show theory. Now, if you've never seen the Truman Show, it's one of my top 10 movies of all time, up there with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original one with Gene Wilder. Now, if you actually take some time, rent it, buy it, watch it, Jim Carrey's the main actor, and the concept of the movie, I won't spoil the ending, uh, the ending or anything for you, they let you know this really quickly. Since the day he was born, he was thrown into an entire town, an entire area that was confined and built to be the largest set in the world with 24-hour cameras rolling, and every single person in his life when he was born is a paid professional actor, paid to be either his family member, his mother, his wife, his best friend, random people on the streets, every... He literally was just thrown into an entire made stage, town, reality, etc. to be a 24-7 live television show where everybody can watch him for just as organic as possible and to see what he does. He becomes the most watched thing in the world because people just want to see what he does. Think about that concept. Not even from the factual notion about we all could be in that kind of a concept for somebody else's greater entertainment, but the concept that every single person around you is merely testing you, and they're playing their parts to confine you within the reality you were born within. Crazy concept. I'm glad I'm so strong with everything I know, my morals and values and etc. because then you question everything, because Truman's mother... His wife, everybody was in on it. And the whole purpose was to keep him there so they could have him for his entire life as quote-unquote the king of this realm, but he was all just for a show. Crazy effing concept. Wild. And so that's why they call it a theory is because what if that's based in reality, which kind of counterparts with the ant farm or the NPC theory, which is non-player characters, which we've talked about before. What if so many people in the world are just not sentient anymore? They're just living beings. Crazy concept, isn't it? I loved the Truman Show concept. Because again, I didn't take it as like the darker concept that they're just trying to keep me here to make me just a, a video or whatever it is. But I like the concept of thinking that it's trying to basically challenge your ability of if you can see past what everybody is doing around you. Are they all just trying to keep you locked down for their own personal needs and wants? Or are they trying to keep you away from the truth of where you're truly confined, right? Such a immaculate concept. And all of those ones kind of at rapid fire there towards the end after the egg theory is crazy. And I love the concepts because, again, it's healthy to question the concept of reality. You have to. Because then you're just listening to somebody else's story. That's why it's called his story. You have to remember, history as a whole is not anywhere near the truth. How could it be? We barely as a human species are thousands of years old, if that. If not, who knows how long, how much longer? Who knows how much is buried below us? We have no idea. I mean, I truly believe that no ideas come from nothing. They always come from inspiration of something. Nobody was in a farm one day and saw this massive winged creature that looked like a dinosaur fly overhead and he was like, whoa, that's a dragon. You know, they saw it. That's how they thought about it. They weren't just in a cave drawing them for no reason. That was part of lore. Like it's, 
it's crazy, right? So those are some ones that like kind of keep me up at night that are kind of like mind boggling. But one that I think you might actually really enjoy, and I'll end on a lighter note, is the invisible string theory. Now this one is probably my Roman Empire. And if you've ever heard anybody say, what is their Roman Empire? It's basically the thing that will collapse them. Because the Roman Empire, they said it fell in a day, but it wasn't built in a day, right? Well, when you think of something as your Roman Empire, think of it as like the most truest form and the most deepest thing that you believe in your heart. And so when you hold that so truly and deep within you, it's the one thing that could break you because it's something that will ruin you in a sense, right? So the invisible string theory is based on the concept that when you were born, there is somebody else out there in this life that is connected to you with this string. A lot of the time, they're really close to you. And as you guys slowly become pulled closer together, once you guys have both ascended to the proper position of your life, you've become closer with yourselves, you've grown, you evolved, you pursued your passions, your beliefs, your morales, and you've truly fully ascended to a place where you are ready to meet said other person, the string comes closer and closer and closer and pulls you guys so close together for maybe a couple years, couple months, couple days, whatever it is, you guys will literally be right next to each other and not even realize it until the moment the string is pulled completely and you touch one another. In a sense, you're face to face. What a fascinating concept. Because I personally think the invisible string theory is almost connected in the sense of somebody that could be your soulmate, your counterpart, the divinity of your purpose of your soul's reflection. And it also talks about that in the Bible. And it says in the Bible that God has a way of helping you through the discernment. When you find your person, nothing you will say will ever push them away because you two just speak the same language. And in doing so, you guys are so connected, you just say things and it just resonates with them. You know exactly what they're saying. They will never get confused. They will never be pushed away. That's what's so fascinating about it to me. And I also believe the person that has connected you with that string, you also have the ability to cut that string, I truly believe. Just because it's invisible and connected, once it fully pulls both of you to one another and you're face to face and you see one another, depending about the choices and life attributes and actions you've taken up to that exact moment, you might not even be able to capitalize on that anymore. You might be too scared, too f not willing, or you might be too held back that the string will break. Is it possible? It could be. Maybe the string was just not ready at that time. So maybe you guys grow apart and then it pulls you back together later down the road. I don't know. The concept of the theory is so immaculately interesting. And I love that concept because when we grow up, we always think about a soulmate, right? Well, then there's other people who say, well, there's multiple people who could be that to you. They're just not around yet because you've never met everybody in Japan. Well, sure. I'm sure if I go to Japan, I could be a superstar out there with how much I like anime, my articulateness, etc. right? But the fact of the matter is, just because you can go there, doesn't mean that the one for you is there. It could be the person right down the street. It could be the person right next to you. And in this movie I just saw by Kid Cudi, which was absolutely beautiful, I'm gonna actually pull up the name real quick, because I'm gonna be upset if I actually don't say it and shout it out appropriately. It's called Intergalactic with E-N. It's on Netflix, I recently watched it. Kid Cudi was one of the creators. There's a lot of big name artists and actors and just like musicians in there. The whole concept of that is basically the invisible string theory. And what happens in that movie is 
he's an artist. He's a graffiti artist. That cr- he has this guy called Mr. Rager. It's his character. He uh, graffitis it all around the city. He gets a big time job at a comic book place. They want to have his character aligned with their comic book series. So he's doing so well. He's in this lavishly luxury apartment now, chasing his dream, living life, doing well. And as soon as he moves in, who does he run into? His ex-girlfriend. They have a one-night stand. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm trying to live life. I don't want a girlfriend right now. I'm just trying to figure out this new place, this new space, and enjoy my my purpose and passion because she wasn't the right one. So days go by. He's settling in, and there's this girl that lives right next to him who he doesn't meet exactly at the right moment or in the beginning, but they always walk by each other. They're always kind of close in the same space, always in the same area. They literally live next door to each other, right? Well, it's not until a couple weeks go by, she's throwing a party, music's bumping at three in the morning, it wakes him up, he walks over to kind of like, see what's going on, why is it so loud, and he runs into her. And when he does, when I tell you, when they see one another, that's really what happens. When you see that person that I believe is attached at the end of your string, good luck not having the same song playing in your head and not thinking you're staring at a freaking angel. They look so beautiful to you. The mere presence of them intoxicates you. And then when you start to talk to them, you literally get so flustered and act like a child. You don't even know what words to put out. You literally are saying the dumbest shit because you're just so flabbergasted. You don't know what to say in that exact moment. You're literally dumbfounded. And the craziest thing is it resides for you with so long. It literally is the only thing you think about. I know the feeling. It's crazy. And that's what I loved about this movie It highlights on that and shows you that stop focusing on your past. Don't think that the people are just in your life right now are the ones for you. You need to follow your passion, your dreams, and stay prominent in the things that are meant for you. And trust me when I say, once you get to the place of ascension, the string will push you right next to each other where you're literally neighbors. Such an amazing movie. And of course, something happens when they start getting really tight with each other, getting together, etc., But that's, again, where the true test of time comes. Wait, the true test of time? The true test of time comes where are you able, with what you have in front of you, is it truly enough to overtake you? Or is it everything that you wish for that you will never let it slide by? I'm a hopeless romantic. I'm truly, I'm such a hopeless romantic. It's my worst enemy. But at the same time, it's my greatest strength because... I know what love is. And so for myself, I wait. I'm patient. And if it doesn't work out, if I'm in the wrong place, wrong time, or somebody doesn't have enough love to try and take that chance with me, it's not meant to be. But at least I know I have that love. And that theory is one of the most craziest theories to me. I know we talked about some wild ones, starting with the whole concept of the egg theory, the ant farm theory, I mean, there's so many. I, I I just wanted to get through a couple for this first one. But the one that captivates me the most recently is that string theory. It's so beautiful, so intoxicating. And I think it has to have something prevalent there. And also, with all these other theories too, it's kind of wild to think that the concept of people, like here's a fun one I'll just come up with. What if there's called a division theory in that they have to make two sides of everything or else what would be the point of having any type of argument or negativity, or even like different belief systems, right? Like if there isn't two sides to a coin, what's the point? If there isn't enough, how can you go down? 
if there isn't a Democrat, what's a Republic, a Republican, right? Like if there isn't good, there isn't bad. Like it's, it's crazy to think, what if that theory as a concept was created because there would be no type of indifferences then? Society would just be a utopia if there's nothing to get indifferent about. Crazy concept, huh? Maybe that's the illusion of free will itself. Oh, don't get me started. Like I said, this is like one of those things where you got to sit back, light up a doobie, and just, or maybe drink some good wine by a fire, and just let the open conversation happen. And again, I'm not saying any of these are true. Out of all the ones we talked about tonight, the most truest one I believe in is the string theory. The other ones are just really fun concepts to kind of make you more open-minded about the reality you live in and what's around you, and the whole concept of why you're even here, and truly, if you can figure out the reason for even living. Because I know, without a inkling of a doubt, the one thing I've learned over my lifetime, everything happens for a reason, and there's so much purpose for everything going on around us. Unbelievable. Ugh. I'll think of some more fun ones over time, and we'll come back and do it again. <laughs> so just like in the Truman Show, if I don't see ya, Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Love.